Welcome to the Manufacturing and Supply Chain CEO Podcast. I'm Martin Harshberger, President of Measurable Results, LLC, and martinharshberger.com. I'm a retired CEO of both a manufacturing company and a third-party logistics company. We were lucky enough to grow both to eight-figure organizations. I've been consulting with small and mid-tier companies for the past 16 years. Our mission with this podcast is to provide a forum to help CEOs in these critical industries share their stories, share best practices, and learn from each other. If you'd like to be a guest in our podcast, go to www.martinharsberger.com slash apply. Each interview will take about 30 minutes. Thanks for listening. Hi, welcome to this episode of Manufacturing and Supply Chain CEOs. I'm the host, Martin Harsberger. Today, I have Sean Barker, CEO of Cloud EQ. Welcome, Sean. Oh, thank you for having me. Appreciate your time. Tell me, tell us about what you do, what your company does. So, in, in to put it in the simplest terms, we are a cloud uh, professional services organization. We help companies get to or or operate in the cloud um, using new technology and existing technology to uh, to better their bottom line. One of the things we talked about uh, previously, you and I, we had a conversation earlier, is about cybersecurity. Uh, <clears throat> I related, I had a couple of <laughs> clients that had some major problems with being hacked in uh, ransomware. Uh, anything you do to address that problem? I mean, that may be something that interests a lot of folks. <clears throat> well, I mean, there's, there's a number of ways to address the problem. And if there was a sur- silver bullet, we'd all be in great shape. But uh, um, there's, there's uh, ways to protect yourself in security by automating a lot of what you do and putting security guardrails in place so that so that you can't be attacked or at least you have the best security posture possible through a you know a ci cd continuous integration continuous delivery um kind of a think of a supply chain like jit right through through that implementation of of how you deploy applications and and dev development and security operations tied into that, um, you can you can build yourself some guardrails that that will help to protect you from you know ransomware and some of the other things. I think you know security is going to be a good business for a very long time for for most of co- people in my business. Yeah, they, <clears throat> the companies I've talked about, as I said, are you know, fifty million dollar range. They weren't huge corporations, but you look at <clears throat> what's happening today. I mean, even large banks. And the government are getting hacked. So, uh, how do you, you know how does a, how does a company prevent that where it's where it's financially uh, achievable? Well, I mean, it, because of the because of the cloud, a lot of these these guardrails that that I mentioned before are easier to put in, less expensive to put in. Don't don't get me wrong; they are. You know, they, it takes an effort and a change in some of the culture from from the IT organizations, but they are they are mostly um, software as a service based. So there's not a big install and a bunch of licensing cost, and it's pay as you go. And you can you can really implement these guardrails relatively inexpensively. Uh, there are certainly security products out there far more advanced, far more uh, expensive. But I think there's a you know there's a a place for everybody's budget in this process, um, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't take a multinational company uh, budget to to put in kind of these guardrails and things. It's interesting. I mean, after what happened to 
pipeline company, and I mean, it's, it's amazing. Uh, how'd you get started doing what you're doing now? Oh my goodness! I, you know, I've spent 25 years in, um, well, yeah, 25 years in in IT, IT operations, application development as an executive in Fortune Fortune 100 companies, and. Um, uniquely enough, you know, I came to a place in 2010 where the economy didn't do so well and thought I would just, you know, go out and start, uh, start consulting, <clears throat> taking the lessons learned and the experiences we've had or I had to, to the market and, and relaying them to companies large and small um, to, to be able to deliver, you know, great value. Um, you, you mentioned security hacks and, and operation systems going down whether they're held hostage or whether they just go down is impactful to the bottom line. Now we've, we've been very fortunate or I've been very fortunate to, to assemble a, a, a group of executives who um, have the same kind of pedigree, fortune, fortune 75, fortune 100. Um, and having, you know, all of them have sat on that side of the desk and on this side of the desk now, um, so we we understand the experiences and and trials and tribulations that people are going to go through. So it's been a it's been a great great experience for for me and for us. Where do you see your business going in the future? Well, I think there's an incredible opportunity in in um, IT as there you know there there always is in in IT IT security. Uh, I think as more and more companies adopt um, cloud, some have, some are thinking about it, some are in the middle of it. Um, but but cloud offers such a unique uh, opportunity to be utility based, right? So you don't have the the great barrier to entry that was the capital costs associated with trying to build out an IT system and hire a bunch of people and do all that sort of stuff. It's much more utility based and it gives the executives the opportunity to have what every executive wants, which is leverage, right? I can turn it off, I can turn it up a little, or I can turn it all the way up or all the way off, right? Yeah. So, you know, we, we're, we're growing, working with, you know, uh, you know midsize as well as, you know, uh, multinationals on, on new and innovative technologies like IoT, you know, Edge, um, bringing the cloud all the way out to to um, on-premise environments, and really removing a lot of the complexity of what was IT and making it simpler. Two, two things you mentioned there, I'd like to expand on. One is IoT, <laughs> but a lot of people <clears throat> think of that. And the second is, what do you mean by bringing the cloud back to them? What does that mean? So, um, so we talk about IoT first, right? The Internet of Things is a great thing, um, and it can provide you a, a wealth of information on whatever's going on in, uh, in your, your space, right? But it, it takes instrumentation, it takes equipment, it takes, you know, data collection, then it takes analytics. But if you, if you get those things set up, then you can understand and possibly predict failures, replace systems before they before they fail. You can understand that, you know, systems aren't running optimally and therefore impacting all of the uh, process in that, you know, that touches that system. <clears throat> but, um, you know, IoT, there's a lot of SaaS-based products that, that just collect the data and will analyze it for you and give you back a report, right? 
but you know, getting that implemented is is a lot more complex than simply adding it to your you know your home network, right? When you get into business, the other is um, you mentioned Edge. Edge is um, is, is really uh, a, a newer. All three cloud providers say they're in the edge. They're all kind of getting into what what they call edge, and what it really means is putting equipment out locally. So if you you know if you think about supply chain or manufacturing or any of that that sort of thing, there's there's services and functions and systems that need to work locally, and as they need to work locally, they often have systems that are there sitting in a in a closet in a you know, in a space that that uh, can house them and you've got to replace them every couple of years and go through that process. But then you need an IT person, in many cases on site, uh, to, to help support it, help configure it, do all that sort of thing. Um, if you could take your cloud environment with that variable uh, kind of spend and, and variable support as to what you need and push that all the way out to a device that sits in that closet, but you can manage it centrally, it gives you a, a number of advantages. One, it's you know obviously central administration integrated with all the cloud and the guardrails and the controls that you have or have placed into the cloud. You get the, <clears throat> the opportunity to really understand and manage your spend, but you also can, can work locally. Some of those systems are, are intense in their communication and need to be more more local. Um, but if they fail, you could fail up to the cloud or you could run out of the cloud and fail locally. It just depends on what the, the business case is. It's redundancy built into the... Sure. Plus the offsite backup is one of the things that, you know, and it, you know, you being in IT for years, <clears throat> a lot of this stuff is probably second nature. First nature to you. I mean, it's it's probably stupid to even say, but when I run into companies, I, my sweet spot that I work with is 50 to 100 million. And that's not a small company. And no. I, I can't tell you how many people don't back up offsite, how many people don't have redundancy, how many people don't have the firewalls and stuff you're talking about, you know? So it's just an afterthought. They don't think of it till they get, till, till something happens. Uh, you know, the disc you're, so, you're 100%. A lot of times they don't have it because it's expensive to implement, or they do have it and and don't maintain it, right? Which is just as bad of a problem, um, you know. And and then others that do and maintain it, you know, have a you know have a cost to bear there, right? But when you measure a lot of that against the cost of of downtime in any capacity, that can be a pretty big, um, a pretty pretty compelling argument to get to where. You should be, and I'm not. I'm not an advocate of of everything's got to be completely locked down, and you got to spend, you know, tens of millions of dollars on on focusing solely on on security. I think you have there's a there's a give and take as to what the business needs, and providing what it needs, not what you know is is utopia. Too often, you know, IT people do IT for IT sake, um, and and we really approach it from a from a business standpoint, what does your business need? How does your business operate? We, one of the things we want to do is understand your business. If we can understand your business, then we can help implement what you need and just what you need 
and then we can expand on that. That's what I tell my clients is you, you can't eliminate risk, but you can take steps to mitigate the exposure. <laughs> right? That is correct. Yep. Uh, so uh, I've had companies that lost a year's worth of billing data, you know, that they, they tried to recreate the store off site. It was stored off site, but the backup wasn't occurring. Yep. That, yeah. <laughs> As so, often happens. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> what was the impact on your business through the COVID? Uh, Yes, go we're going through. <laughs> yeah, it's well. Uh, Cloudy Q has offices in you know we have we have in the U.S. and in London as well as in India. Um, I a lot of our people in the U.S. are are remote. A lot of the people in in Europe are remote. Um, we we have you know physical offices that house lots of people in in India. <clears throat> That's really where our our biggest impact was felt from a a negative perspective, because obviously, as you know, unfortunately, India's India's been hit pretty hard with uh, with COVID. Yeah. So hiring and and getting people on board, and they can't come into the office, right? So we, you know, in some cases, we have to have remote people, um, you know, function and operate over there. But hiring is very difficult because um, you know people either don't want to leave their job, or their family's sick, or they're sick, or you know, what have you. So that, you know, we felt uh, some impact there, not tremendous um, because we've been, uh, we've been growing rapidly, but in the, you know, in the U S as, as people have gone to just like we're doing on this, this zoom call, people have embraced this virtual, you know, work from home kind of environment. It has driven up um, companies awareness and interest in, in cloud-based solutions so that they're not so dependent on, you know, the, the instances or the servers or the what have you in the building. It, it, it's a it's a mixed blessing. Rob, an interesting point, and, and this is something I discussed with another client I have in Europe, but they talk about with all the remote workers, the concern about productivity. You know, they're out there, are they working or not working? And, and there's, there's a lot of thing about keystrokes and all that spyware and all that kind of thing. Is there an opportunity there for a company like yours to try to help companies with with the productivity question or the? Uh, I don't know if it's a question or a concern. It's come up a lot in, in discussions I've had. Yeah, I think um, <laughs> certainly right. We can take a look at, at productivity. There's there's certain uh, there's certain positions within an organization that that you know productivity can be easily measured. And then there's obviously other positions where productivity is less easy to measure. Um, I think understanding where that where you can effectively measure productivity and measuring that, and then putting in you know methods to validate the productivity of of the the positions that don't have something exactly tangible that you know you've produced 10, 10 widgets a month or you know, 10 widgets a day or whatever that is, that, that's an easier metric to uh, to kind of pull together. But the interesting thing is I have found that, you know, with the COVID and the remote workforce, there's a lot of people, you know, doing the remote kind of environment and they're working actually longer hours and more. And we, you know, we have to find time to tell people you need to stop working now and take a little time for your for yourself um 
and, and, and focus on your ability to recharge your batteries and, and come back in at a hundred percent. Right. So um, it, it's been, it's been really, really fascinating to watch um, as we, as we go down this path. I think there's a lot of, uh, I think the, the corporations who have large real estate footprints um, are going to start to rethink some of that. Yeah, I can see, I can see it going both ways. That's exactly right. Absolutely. Well, I'd ask you, <clears throat> excuse me, where you think your industry is going? You kind of answered that with Edge and so on. Uh, where, what's your future focus in the next three years in your company? <clears throat> well, we, we um, like I said, we, there's, there, there are companies that haven't migrated to the cloud. There are companies that have migrated to the cloud. And there are companies that are, you know, in process. Um, we think that that's, you know, uh, for us, it, that's a good business. We know how to do it. We've been doing it for a long time. And, and we're really good at it. Um, as far as, you know, once you, once you start down that journey, there's a lot to learn, um, you know, as a, as a company, once you start to go down the cloud, it's probably not as cheap as you thought it was going to be. You need to automate it. You know, you, you're, you need to behave and act differently in the cloud. There's a change management component of, of, of how you operate in the cloud. There's also, you know, implementation of newer technologies, automation, DevOps, CI/CD pipelines, the, the things that make you go faster and take advantage of the cloud are really going to be, you know, great spaces and we, we play in all of those. I think IoT is going to be a, a great piece of, of work for a number of companies um, around, around the globe. And we're pretty, we're pretty invested in IoT. I think, you know, uh, Bitcoin or blockchain, which, which underlies Bitcoin, is, a, is, a, is an amazing technology, but right now it's a solution in search of a problem. Um, but in the, in, the, um, you know, in the coming three years, we'll, we'll be able to start identifying some of, those, um, some of those problems and actually put these solutions towards it. Um, and then lastly, you know, we, we do a lot of, of managed services and providing, you know, uh, the, the day-to-day operations or management support of applications or infrastructure um, and a number of, of, uh, of platforms. Uh, just as a, a note, we run the largest SCCM, which is Microsoft um, uh, systems that actually monitor and maintain and patch operating systems throughout the world. We run the largest platform in the world uh, for one of our clients. So uh, that's it's just one example of, of what we do globally. It's, it's interesting when you talk about the cloud and, you know, I came, my background, I'm an old guy, I've been around a long time, came from a mainframe company. <clears throat> we used to have big centralized mainframes with motor generators and terminals going into it to centralize. It became mini computers. That became network PCs, PCs, mobile phones. Now it's going back to the cloud. So it, it's a big circle, just with different technology. And I think people, uh, uh, smaller again, smaller companies I deal with, fifty to hundred million. Uh, I don't know if they understand the uh, the opportunities to, to take advantage of. I don't know that. I think in bigger companies, you've got IT people. They're looking for solutions that you provide. Companies that I deal with typically aren't looking for those solutions. You talk about because they don't know they're there. Right. You know? 
Uh, measuring productivity, so they can't measure it locally in a lot of cases. You know, KPIs and that are, are, are I'll say infrequent, but they're not solid a lot of times. Uh, so when you start trying to centralize and outsource it, there's major business changes, process changes they'd have to make in order to make that happen, isn't there? Oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, it, everything, you know, to your point, KPIs and service level agreements, everything can be measured. It's just how exacting can it be measured? Um, but, you know, it's the opportunity to to take stuff to the cloud, go to a, let's call it a utility-based um, type of a solution, use what you need when you need it. You know, you, you can liken it to the light switch. You come in your house and the light switch works. You don't necessarily thank the electric company for doing what you do every month when you pay them, but you, you, uh, <clears throat> you don't, you don't think about it. That's, and that's the way a lot of it should be. You should think about the stuff that really matters. What is your, what is your key differentiators for your company? What, what matters to your company? Can you get the right data? Can you make the right decisions around what you're doing? But you, you know, you mentioned the circle. Yeah, we've gone from mainframe all the way, you know, kind of back around to the cloud. <clears throat> it's a bit more, more distributed now, but it is, it is, a, you know, it's gone in a full circle. And mainframes, by the way, are still very much around. Um, and I'm, I, I like you, am, am one of those people that can spell mainframe. I, I was, I was around for quite some time. And there's really, those things are really good at crunching numbers. Banks still use them. You know, traders still use them. They're they're big workhorses, um, and there are you know there's a there's a lid for every pot, right? And that's you can yeah. do that with with a mainframe, or you can do it with some other platforms. But uh, it's pretty amazing the way technology kind of you know circles back and ebbs and flows through yeah. the process. Yeah, I've got uh, this Apple Watch. I probably have more computer power on this thing than. Uh, Probably a lot of the mainframe, at least from a software standpoint, capable applications, and uh, they had the mainframes. I oh, remember way back, way back then, yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, we had, we went to a, what we called a mini, which was a smaller mainframe. Yeah, <laughs> because you could move it in a smaller truck, I guess. And they wanted a demo it at a conference with a flight simulator, just joystick and a flight simulator. And that was a big deal in those days. You know, oh yeah. It's crazy. Software is really a change. Hardware just became the the method, right? Yep. Yep. And now, really, hardware <clears throat> is becoming software. That's what the cloud does. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good point. That's what happened to a lot of mainframe companies. They they made a lot of money on hardware, didn't make that transition to software and services, and that's why they're that's why they're no longer around for the most part. Very true. Yeah. So, uh, one last question. Sure. Uh, how'd you, how, what would you do differently? How long have you been with this kind? How long have you started? How long have you been with uh, Cloud EQ? I'm looking at you. <clears throat> well, you know, I've been, you know, we've been consulting now for, for 10 years. Cloud EQ is fairly, fairly young, a couple of years old, but it's really a, a move from, you know, the, uh, the consulting teams that I worked with into a, a an organization to to pull together the the branding and brand awareness for the for the yeah. um, uh, expansion of what we're doing. <clears throat> what would I what would I do differently? I would I would be 
more aggressive about evangelizing the cloud earlier. Um, the, the, some of the stories that I've seen from, from the companies we've worked with, you know, medium and large size companies, dramatic savings, um, true value, the speed at which they're able to do things. Um, it, it's, it's, and the, and the flexibility, right? Because like I said, you could turn it off or turn it on or, you know, expand it really quickly or contract it really quickly. You know, it's taken a lot of the, the guesswork out of, of IT. Um, if you get it set up right and, and go about delivering what you need and, and what it's capable of is, is amazing. The growth that AWS and Azure and GCP and Google have all had has been on, you know, new products, new innovations, new things. And there's new companies born every day that leverage just those things. We, for example, we as a company, we, we do not own a single server anywhere. Yeah. All of our stuff is, is one in the cloud, but also it's either, you know, a, a microservice or it's a SaaS based product or, you know, it's, it's, it's up in the cloud. I don't, we, you know, we don't have to go spend a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars on buying infrastructure to get st- stood up and, and run our environment. More companies can start up or grow or try things and even fail at them faster by getting to the cloud. Well, and the people issue you mentioned earlier too, the people issue getting IT people locally. Uh, you know, if you're on the either coast, it's one thing, but if you're in the middle of the country, it's hard to find. Uh, so it, it very much is. <laughs> I uh, I appreciate your time. How can we have people reach you that have questions? <clears throat> Probably the easiest and fastest way to reach us is to go to cloudeq.com. Right, our website's up there. We have, we're on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Twitter. Um, of course, we have a website, but if you, you come to Cloud EQ or, you know, my name is Sean Barker, right? We talked about that. It's sean.barker at cloudeq.com, right? Awesome. So, and I'll be happy to sit down and, and chat with, uh, with anybody about their cloud journey, desires, wishes, you know, what have you. Interesting conversation. I appreciate you taking the time. It's truly my pleasure. Thanks for listening to Manufacturing and Supply Chain CEOs. If you're a successful CEO in manufacturing or supply chain that would like to be part of the program, please visit www.martinharsberger.com apply. If you got some value out of the interview, please share it on social media. We'd really appreciate it. Also, if you know someone that would make a great guest, tag them and let them know about the show. Again, our mission is to focus on manufacturing and supply chain CEOs. We'd like to share your story and provide industry trends and updates that would interest our listeners. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. Make sure you don't miss an episode. Go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and interviews go a long way in promoting the show. You can connect with me on social media. I'm on LinkedIn at uh, Martin Harsberger. Or through my website, www.martinharsberger.com. Again, we appreciate it. Thanks for listening.